the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Wow, it's been a pretty crazy 24 hours on the trade front with China, ending with a recent statement of Donald Trump saying, President Donald Trump saying that he will meet with China on Friday. Huge. That's a big day of negotiations. You tend not to get the big boss involved until you want to, you know, say what you got to say but the markets crashed no no no, i'm gonna say the word crashed the markets really fell apart yesterday around one o'clock two o'clock in the afternoon as we started learning more and more about everything falling through and then they came right back when there was like okay we're gonna put our best foot forwards okay let's move forward shall we i think we shall um we have an update to start because of recent developments in the trade front. Do I believe it? I don't know. Almost don't even want to write um, the history of it and say like, oh, Friday's going to be a good day. Because I think we may need a pencil or an erasable pen or whatever you want to say. Some whiteout. Um, headline nonsense. Headline mania. Headline, headline crazy yesterday on the trade. I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy like that. You know what I mean? Literally, the South China Morning Post said there was no progress made this week by deputy officials and that the Chinese delegation might leave at the end of today's talks. Then there was the idea that it's going to leave Friday night. Now it's uh, President Trump's going to get in the middle of it. We'll see. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Delta Airlines reported its quarterly results and issued guidance that was right in the line of comfortable. So the stock traded a little bit lower. It's tough to say for sure 
that when companies report their earnings, you have the same set of rules for each company. But when Delta reports in line, nothing, nothing horrible, and they say, hey, the future looks like it's kind of what we said pre- before. <clears throat> there wasn't a meet and beat. There was kind of a meet and more of the same. And today they're a little bit lower <clears throat> on that news. That may be an indication of what earnings season is going to look like over the next 90 days. Earnings season really starts to ramp up next week. And if a company just meets and meets, you know, they say, hey, we had a good quarter and we expect next year to be about the same. Maybe that tells you the market's a little overvalued and we'll sell down. Now, again, Delta's just one play. But you start writing all this down in your head, if you know what I'm saying, and you, don't, and you use pen. Bed Bath & Beyond, up 17%. What the heck? Bed Bath & Beyond is one of those retail stories that's fantastic to tell. Because in the 90s, we went through this uh, major condo boom. And more and more Americans started to buy houses or housing. And uh, that's a good thing, right? Awesome. There was one stock that really benefited every time the... You know, a condo complex would go up right around the corner. Would be like a Bed Bath Beyond, a little strip mall, and uh, it, it, it kind of had its heyday. It kind of had its run, and then we're like, "Well, we could order all of our sheets on Amazon, and they'll deliver it to my son's dorm room. You don't have to like squeeze in that trip to Bed Bath and Beyond anymore." So they've been a little bit of quote unquote Amazon, but it's interesting to see that they named a new C, uh, CEO, Mark Triton. And he comes from Target's success recent. And uh, stock's up 17%, basically on a short squeeze. Whoa. When I said that there was nothing interesting in it, you know, you can get everything you want from Amazon. People started believing that story and started saying, okay, the company doesn't execute well. You go inside the store of a Bed Bath & Beyond sometimes and you're like, I just need a, a pillowcase. <laughs> My pillowcase is ratty. I've got wet ear, and every day my pillowcase gets really, really dirty. Ah! So you go in, and you're like, holy mackerel, there's like 900,000 pillowcases, and they're all at different levels of the store. Some of them are up high. Like, it was a t- it's a tough place at times to shop. Whoa. It's a, it's a little discombobulated. PG&E's plummeting 32%, not because of the blackouts. Trust me, that's a pain in the... Uh, horse's butt, but uh, I'd rather have them learn how to do this right when there's not an emergency than to, to mess it up when there is. PG&E is plummeting 32% after bankruptcy judge ruled alternatives to the company's Chapter 11 restructuring plan can be brought forward. So the company is trying to look out for its shareholders, in theory, but there's also debt holders, the bondholders, who they're obliged to. So anytime a company's in in bankruptcy, the debt is the first thing that gets paid off. Judge says, hey, wait, you borrowed this money from this company. You need to pay that off long before you pay your employees or long before you pay pension plans. So I won't play PG&E. I just won't play it. I don't care if the news looks good. I don't care if the news looks bad. That's a jinxed stock, and I can't tell you if it's going 100% higher or 100% lower. Dow Component United Health down today after an analyst cut the stock to hold from buy. Huh. Okay. Uh, Dow Component Cisco is down after Goldman Sachs cut its stock to neutral from buy. 
it's interesting how those two stocks are Dow components. And the Dow is having a very good day. But sometimes it's the problem that I have with the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. It's I don't think it reflects a market. I think it reflects a very short-sighted of the market. Um, just not enough information in it for me. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's interesting yesterday. Uh, Biden talked about free community college. And I was like, that's a pretty good idea. And uh, didn't get a lot of press headlines. Snowstorm in Colorado gets a lot of press headlines. Anyhow, Democrat presidential hopeful Senator Michael Benet has very ambitious plans to tackle the country's affordable housing crisis. The Colorado senator is calling to eliminate the shortage of 7.2 million affordable homes in the United States. He does not have an exact cost of the plan, but one person familiar with his campaigns and it will be significantly cheaper than what other president candidates are proposing. It's interesting when you go through this presidential candidate process, um, you kind of see what, what America is really pissed off about. Affordable housing is one of them, right? Um, but you also see that if you want to break through, you almost have to promise something for everyone. Uh, senior citizens get a lot of pool in politics, in large part. And I, I'm not quite there yet, but we, in large part, senior citizens, uh, they go out and vote. Uh Presidential nominees used to not even, you know, focus on people under 25 because they were too lazy to go out and vote. But now we have the millennials. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Social Security is expected to get a 1.6% boost in 2020. Oh, that feels very, very nominal. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Big seminars coming up right around the corner. You can sign up for it by going to... RobBlackShow.com. It's RobBlackShow.com. Listen to the commercials. You'll figure out when it is, where it is, what it is. Keep in mind, we're not helping the Kurds because they weren't helping us in Normandy. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. One of the areas I try not to be preachy is how you raise your kids and what you do with your money socially. If you want to pick a company like a Philip Morris, fine by me. I don't care. Cancer's cancer. Is it one of the most horrible plagues on the planet? Sure. But I don't think I was put here to judge. Yesterday, and like Boeing makes missiles, missiles kill people. You get the idea. Yesterday, I was starting to think, okay, I'm not really liking what's going on with this Hong Kong-China thing. And 
my political knowledge of it is nil. It's just very little. Um, I know there's some sort of freedom issues. I know there's younger people. I know there's protest. I know airports are involved. I know China has a history of quelling, squelling, squashing, smashing any sort of information that comes out against their political system. They've run over people with a date before. So I try not to get too caught up in this because it's not my thing. But yesterday, you know how we're all seeing the headlines of companies that do business with China and how it comes back to haunt them. Google once went into China, had an office there, had employees there, and then basically the government of China said, you know, whatever information you have is ours. And China's like, Google's like, we better get out of here. But you've seen some political moves with the NBA in China, and those are big headlines. There's a video gamer for Activision Blizzard, one of their their games, one of their tournaments, he won some money, and he said free Hong Kong and the internet went crazy of let's, let's, you know, block and let's boycott uh, Activision Blizzard stock and let's boycott Activision Blizzard video games. And they've got a big one coming out very soon. So there's that big drama there where the company basically China said, you know, the country, you want to sell your product at our country. That's my Chinese emperor premier impression. And uh, Activision's like, yes, we very much so. And they're like, well, then you need to penalize that kid who live streams something about free Hong Kong. Really? That big boycott's going on. And you're like, hold on, wait, wait. Isn't America founded on freedom of speech? Is this a massive conflict of two countries' uh, different views, their government's different views on, on speech and issues? And trust me, I, do I think free speech completely exists in the United States? I don't. We have a president that attacks the media and attacks the journalists. So I don't think free speech completely exists. I do think people are afraid of power. But then there's a, even another one. You know, Apple pulled an app out of Hong Kong. So I was like, oh, yeah, let's boycott Activision Blizzard. They shouldn't do that. They, a couple of employees went out and you know stood in support for the guy who got banned. And, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, we should. T- I'm gonna write a letter to Activision Blizzard and tell them be strong. And then today or yesterday, I find out that Apple, there was an app in their store that let Hong Kong protesters track police activity. Um, and Apple like, doink, they pulled it right off uh, the app store. I don't know if there's enough of them distributed. I don't know if there's a black market for distribution. I don't know anything like that. But I can tell you, like, now do I go, do I sell Apple? Do I tell Tim Cook, you know, stand up to China? Stand up to China. What's wrong with a police tracking app? And I was like, okay, well, there's some things wrong with a police tracking app. If terrorism hits the United States, you don't want terrorists to know the routes where the police are tracking and not tracking. Okay, I get that extreme argument, but I get it. A mess. Uh, it's a mess. But yeah, So do you have any issues with politically investing or anything along those lines? Like, would you invest in a Smith & Wesson? You can. Would you do it after a shooting when the stock drops and you could pull a trade? And like, you could kind of like, Pull out an extra 200 300 maybe $2,000, $3,000 in your pocket because you know the stock's going to fall the next time a horrible shooting happens. And America's going to be shocked. And the president's going to say, I'm shocked. We're going to do something about this. And then nothing ever gets done about it. And the stock comes roaring back. Do you, would you feel bad profiting like that? 
I'll be, I'll kind of tell you something interesting on this. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't be all that shocked. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying? That people ask me like, Hey, do you do any trades on hurricanes? Do you do any, I, I need to make money fast. What's the best trade idea? I'm like, I could do trades every day. I can like sit there and do it, but I'd rather actually live life. Um, I'm not big in taking advantage. I'm not, I'm not big in that, but I'll talk about it because I get it. Best time to buy a house. I bought a beach house on the East Coast once right after a hurricane hit a town. Hurricane blows up the coast, as hurricanes are wont to do on the East Coast. Uh, come on, hit South Carolina, hit South Carolina. Hit, oh, oh, it's hitting Nag- North Carolina. Oh, Nags Head. So you, housing prices will fall after that. But you mentioned that on air and like people get mad at you, like take advantage when things are down. Next big recession, that's when I want to buy house. I want to buy when you're selling low. Yes, I want to take advantage of you selling low. I get it. Uh, does that bother me? I try not to bring that to the table. But if it bothers you, I totally understand. Markets are responding well. There's news creeping out today that President Trump is going to meet with a vice premier out of China. And political protocol, you kind of want the president to meet the president, vice to meet the vice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But this is telling you that it feels like Trump doesn't want to go into the weekend with bad news anymore. Uh, some bad news is always coming out in the, in the news shows. So that's out there. We'll see if anything happens on Friday with this. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, next week is, is when earnings week really starts to kick off. And we can see today that Delta just met their expectations and then it really raised their expectations and they're one of the few stocks that are underperforming today. Bed Bath & Beyond has announced a new CEO. And I come back to this story already for a second time in large part because Bed Bath & Beyond kind of needed a new CEO. The store is kind of a mess. Um, but it also, again, is a good lesson to keep reminding you, who is the CEO of your company? Let's say you own a company like Apple. Well, that's an obvious one, Tim Cook, right? For years, I would ask people who's the CEO of Microsoft, and people would say Bill Gates, and it was Steve Ballmer. I'm like, there's a pretty difference between the two. But you get the idea. Success or failure starts at the top. You should read that annual report on occasion. LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy. Yes, you can buy luxury. Let's say you have a spouse who loves their purses or love their perfumes or love their champagne. Get her a share or two for Christmas. Uh, their stock continues to do well. It tends to defy logic. Luxury does well in good economies and bad economies. Um, because, well, it's luxury. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You can also find me at newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of really good downloadables there and a lot of really SEO-centric, important blogs on investing in savings. You can find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, 
back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. How's it going again? Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we've practiced to deceive. It's Shakespeare, right? Wrong. It's actually not Shakespeare. Um, It's funny how our brains actually work that way. We kind of think that's what it was, but it wasn't. It was a guy named Walter Scott. Um, I bring that up in large part because there's times where you could approach Wall Street with a definitive thought and you couldn't be more further from the truth social security is one of those areas in my mind that up until i was 22 23 i knew it was this great thing you worked your whole life you contributed to the social security system and then you got a big fat check when you retired and then when my financial eyes started waking up 18 19 20 21 22 in that area where i was like i don't want to work till the day i die let's see what What's going to happen if I work till 35 while I get Social Security? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Not nearly the good good idea that I thought I was. So I kind of started learning some of the myths that are out there. It really doesn't take care of you. It's a very small pittance of what you actually put in. We would have had a better system if our founding father said, well, for every dollar you invest new in your own Social Security – we will actually invest it in America in the S&P 500 or something like that. But what they did was they started getting Social Security money. The coffers started getting filled and the politicians started going, <laughs> I want to build a road. And you, you kind of look around and they're like, well, there's some money right there. And the system just has been managed incredibly poorly. It's a, a lot of paper money, right? So I can tell you. If you go take a look at your SSA.gov statement right here, right now, today, and you should, probably every year, two years, take a look at it, kind of get a reminder of what you're going to get if you take it at 62, what you're going to get if you take it at 65, what you're going to do if you get it at 70, what your benefits are if you die for your spouse, what your benefits are if you die for your children until they're 18 years old, or what is the rule? So Social Security, one of the myths is that it's going to take care of you. I don't think it will. Today, we're seeing that the 2020 Social Security benefits are going to go up about 1.6%. That's a cost of living adjustment, a COLA. It's one of those things that I was like, I don't know, maybe I was 15 or 14 when I learned what a COLA meant. I was like, what's a COLA? Sounds like a soda. Like, that's cool. Cost of living adjustment. Now, this is actually good news for retirees, 1.6% jump. It's modest compared to last year's 2.8% increase. But in comparison, historically, over the last decade, we've only seen cost of living go up 1.4% for seniors. Now, again, if you're a senior citizen, you're saying you're going to get a 1.6% raise. That ain't much. I, I feel like at times, like, food costs go up a little bit more than that. Gas prices do. Sometimes they ebb and flow, right? But housing prices continue to go higher, it feels. It's not like we're seeing stories like rents fall 5% year over year. So your Social Security checks are going to get a modest increase. 
you should check on occasion to see what you're going to be getting in large part because it differs like golden clay. Um, the all retired workers, the average monthly benefit is about $1,500 right now. So that's a monthly benefit. So times it by 10, that's $15,000. And then add that extra 3000 back on, that's 18000 Can you live on $18,000 a year? That's, the av- that's what the average retired worker is getting right now. If you're a couple, the both of you are getting about $2,500. 2531 is your monthly benefit. So times that by 10, 25000 Add 5000 on, 30000 roughly, right? Can you and your spouse live on $30,000 a year? So now you're learning that there is a word in Social Security. It's a supplemental retirement plan. It's not your primary retirement plan. So for those of you who don't have a primary retirement plan, you're going to be living in poverty because, trust me, $18,000 or what was the other one, $50,000? It doesn't – I'm sorry, $18,000 or $30,000? That does not – most places I know, most people can't eat and, and pay rent and fix a car, maybe a roof, mow a lawn. So disabled workers get a different amount. Widowers get a different amount. Um, but those are the numbers. And if you think that is your your blanket, you're insane. What are you, nuts? What are you, nuts? Um, because Medicare Part B premiums are, are thrown in there. And what you have to pay for Medicare? They're uh, $144. So you start doing all the math and you're like, holy mackerel, I'm not taking home a lot of money. Are you out of your mind? Now, again, some states tax this differently. Some states have uh, different brackets for their poor. But I'm just throwing out of that out there, Hutchie. If you don't have your own retirement plan, Social Security is not all that in a bucket of chicken. I think it's a, a little bit on the, the low side, if, if we could be quite honest. Goldman Sachs is the first company to kind of put their foot down on Netflix. Netflix has had a bad year. Wall Street's had a very good year. NASDAQ's had a very nice year. Tech companies have had a good run. Big tech companies have done well. But Netflix investors are starting to fear the mouse. Oh, it's a cute little mouse. Oh, no, that mouse isn't cute. It's Mickey Mouse. But it's not the Mickey Mouse you know and love. It's that Mickey Mouse. I'm going to kill you, Netflix. So Mickey is running around with a knife threatening to to slash Netflix's throat. Something like that. That's how you would almost imagine the Friday the 13th scenario of what's going on between Netflix and uh, Disney now. So Netflix faces growing fears that it could lose out in the streaming wars. Because you know what? There's no contract. One of the areas that the phone companies and cable companies kind of had us. Was the whole, you know, do you want to get unlimited this or do you want fit double that or do you want half the price on this, but you have to sign a two-year contract? And of course you want half the price of that, but of course you don't want to sign a contract. So uh, a lot of people think Netflix could basically lose out as people go, you know what? I kind of binge watched all, all Netflix for the first six months of the year. Now for the next six months, I'm going to binge watch Disney Plus. And it's going to take you a couple emails to do it. And you may wait for a promotion. You may wait for your new next iPhone or whatever phone, Google phone, whatever smartphone you get. It may have the Netflix subscription put into it. 
right? Now, for me, Netflix can do one thing if they want to see their stock not double, but if they ever want to see their stock move up is say, we're going to limit the number of sign-ins you have so you can't keep giving it to your friends. How many sign-ins does the family need? Six? No. We're going to limit it to three per account or something along those lines. But so far, Netflix hasn't had to do that. So Goldman Sachs cuts their price target on Netflix from 420 Every time I see 420 now, I think of Elon Musk. Every time I think of Elon Musk, I think of marijuana. So the price target goes from 420 to 360. That's a pretty big cut. But they are coming out and saying that they fought off competition before, and they think they'll, they'll, they'll survive. Bevy of new streaming services are set to launch. Disney has one. Apple's going to be giving away theirs and their side their phone. But their numbers will look impressive. But it's a giveaway, right? AT&T, Amazon, Google's YouTube, Viacom, Comcast has got a product coming out called Sky, or Comcast Sky TV, rather. They all have some very different kind of uh, video plays. For instance, you know Walmart owns a company called Vudu. And then once Vudu was announced, Disney came out and said Disney Plus, then Apple TV Plus came out, then there's BritBox, and there's NBC's Peacock, there's HBO Max, Hulu Live, CBS has a paid one, and Hulu has lower services, Pluto TV, and Viacom. That's an interesting one. Have you played with Pluto TV yet? Pluto TV has got a lot of old shows that they subsidize, and old movies. So it'd be like kind of like a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Bloodsport, where you're like, I didn't know I even wanted to watch that, but for some reason I do want to watch it. And HBO, all the algorithms have kicked Bloodsport out. So, you know, they're not going to even put it on their network anymore because no one wants to watch it. But Pluto will throw it on and someone will say, oh, I'll watch that. And every 10, 15 minutes, you get a commercial dedicated. Or ALF or whatever old TV show that's not going to make money in the video store. You don't want to highlight it in, you know, Apple's video store because it's, it's like it's almost embarrassing that you want to watch it. <laughs> right. So there's a lot going on in streaming. It's one of the big stories of the weeks, of the months, of the years that we're doing. Oh. China's grip on Apple is tightening. I come back to that in large part because millennials kind of want to do the right thing. And I think I finally have my final thought on this. There's companies like Warby Parker who out of nowhere got into the eyeglasses business because they had this social comment that they were making. They were like helping give away glasses to children in Africa. And a millennial was like, I want to do that. Whereas with me, it used to be like, I want a cheap pair of glasses or I want the best quality for cheap. Our tastes and preferences change. A couple of years ago, we wanted when we traveled, millennials wanted to live like a local. Now millennials, the travel industry in just like two years has changed again. Now millennials want to have a crazy experience like none other. A couple more years from now, it'll be something different. Millennials, if they don't like Apple, if they don't like the Hong Kong thing, that could be a bad news down the road kind of thing. I'm Rob Black.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I oftentimes tell a very true story about Ken Fisher. He is a fairly famous investment investor. He's financial media famous. Like he's a big celebrity in financial media. He did a lot of writing for Forbes, I believe, and he did a lot of appearances on TV. He never said no. I don't have a problem with that. The guy's about five foot one. Don't have a problem with that. But it's kind of funny because I've seen him stress over having a box to stand on. Literally a box. Not a soapbox, but a box. And again, it's 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 appearance. It's it's what you see versus what you get. It's you know, is reality reality? If someone looks like he's six foot tall because he's standing on a box, is he really six foot tall? I bring this up in large part because many years ago I was at a, uh, a pool hall, playing a little pool, having a little beer after uh, work, a little pool and beer kind of thing. Now, you know, kind of nice thing. There was a, I didn't realize this, but the pool hall had been rented out by essentially Ken Fisher's sales team as a kind of a celebratory holiday thing or a celebratory, you know, we just did training kind of thing. And I just, I, I found a lot of these guys were like half my age. They're all in their early 20s selling financial products. I'm like, dude, you just wait 10, 15, 20 years till you got a little like, you know, uh, how shall we say, polish on you. Or, or maybe a little bit of, of bruises. You know, you've kind of been there, done it, seen it. And I, I didn't like the way I heard these guys talking about how they approached clients. Now I understand why. Ken Fisher shocked his audience this weekend or this week with really sexist and off-color remarks. And it shows you how his company has treated the process of getting clients. He compared the likening of winning a money management client to trying to get into a girl's pants. Fisher was surprised when he saw people reacted with horror to that kind of statement. He said, I thought I was at a conference where I was supposed to be kind of honest and truthful. (laughs) Whoops, he's digging himself in deeper, in my opinion. So he may or may not be the right fit for you. He's just that male who wants to, quote unquote, get in the girl's pants. And he's willing to say what he has to to do it in his own words. Um, he goes on and he just sounds like one of those 68 year old people who just doesn't get it anymore. I've given a lot of talks, he says, a lot of times in a lot of places and said stuff like this and never gotten this type of response. Mostly my audience knows what I'm saying. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like someone who's a little out of touch? Mostly my audience knows what I'm saying. I'm so powerful that sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. That's the problem with my industry. There's a lot of people who wear nice suits, and just because they wear a nice suit, they think they're smarter than you. There's a lot of people who wear nice suits, and you look at them like, well, he's wearing a nicer suit than my spouse, or he's wearing a nicer suit than me, so he must be smart. Trust me, just because you have marble desks, don't make you smart. Fisher's built a money management giant. He oversees $112 billion. That's huge. He's written 11 books. He's been become a prolific columnist and commentator. He doesn't get paid for his books because his books are basically advertisements for his company. There's nothing wrong with that, but you kind of got to be in touch. The audience had women, and he's talking about 
how to get a client is a lot like how you talk a woman's pants off. Some of the women sitting in the audience, one of them said, were in gosh, kind of shock. And they were like, did that really just happen? Of course. Oh, there's video of it. If you want to see it for yourself, it's as bad as you think. Um, I think it puts a remarkable light on his company. It's a powerhouse. And I think they're a little bit out of touch. And, and I, I don't want to speculate. That's the problem here. But he should be remorseful. He he shouldn't be talking about sex. When asked what he would have done differently in his life, he said he would have had more sex. It's like he just added a vulgar remark <laughs> comparing his waning virility to the seasonality. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. He says he regrets accepting the speech invitation because it was kind of a pain in the neck. <laughs> doesn't that sound like an old person doesn't really regret what he said? But he probably does think he does. Anyway, I bring it up in large part because Ken Fisher's not who you think he is. He's an older guy who's got some really odd attitudes. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Remember how we're talking about Hong Kong protests right now? This seems to be a thing. It keeps coming back to it. Blizzard's former World of Warcraft lead is boycotting the firm for punishing a Hearthstone competitor who supported the Hong Kong protests. So now you're starting to get employees and, and divisions mad at you. You've seen companies' employees get really upset with policies. Do you remember the furniture company out of Boston that was buying beds for – or the selling beds to the Trump administration for housing migrant children? Employees did a, a march, a boycott. A couple days later, they're back at work. A couple hours later, they're back at work. Google's got a problem. One of their corporate mantras once was, <clears throat> do no evil. They've dropped that. But their employees were upset to find, you know, some of their technologies were using by the forces of evil to hurt people. And the employees walked out. And then Google's got a problem with, you know, sexist employees. It's very... The movies and the books to be written about the the bro culture in Silicon Valley in the years to come will, are going to be shocking and sad. It just doesn't. It's not just the Stanford swimmer. It's not. It's a pretty masculine, grotesque kind of world. Um, but Google's got a culture where their the employees, the women, want equal pay. They deserve it. You do an equal job, you deserve an equal pay. No doubt about it. But um, they also have a, like a very lawyers who are like sleeping with employees and there's babies being born out of wedlock there's a lot of drama a lot of drama between the sexes there and the employees millennials boycotting employees making statements it's an interesting time i like it i like uh the more we get out i think the better i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more find me online at robblackshow.com Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.